Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot, these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. It's more accessible to start a business right now than it ever has been. And you have a huge community of people that are waiting to support you if you just put yourself out there. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. We are here with someone that we have followed. We're picking up the TikTok series again, actually, because we can't stop with TikTok Yes, We cannot get off TikTok, you guys. We refuse. (laughs) Yeah, that's where we outsource for most of these people. And we are picking up the ball with kind of our entrepreneur series a little bit. We are here with Jess. I found her on TikTok last summer, and she so quickly blew up and has been building a brand and a business, and everyone's going to flock into her for advice, and now she's giving it all to you for free instead of on her masterclass. (laughs) Yes, lucky for you guys. If you guys are not on business entrepreneurial TikTok, I am sorry for you because it honestly is so informational and entertaining, so hop on over there. like Start getting your For You pages curated because... It's some good stuff on there. So without further ado, here we are with Jess. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited. I was just saying it's my third podcast, so I'm still I'm still new to the podcast world. So we get are them we. While they're still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we cannot wait to pick your brain. Can we just start with some general information? Like where are you podcasting from today? Kind of what's your story college-wise? How old are you? What's what's going on with Jess? Yes. So I am currently living in South Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. I am 24 years old and I am a business mentor. So I started out last March of 2020 as a virtual assistant. I was working with creatives, mostly in the wedding field. And I was also working with brand designers. And eventually that transitioned into what I'm doing now. I became booked out. I was hitting 9K months, like quadrupled my corporate income. And I was just appalled by the whole situation. (laughs) Booked Um, and busy, girl. We love to hear it. I know. It was crazy. I was like, what is happening right now? Um, And then in August, I started making TikToks and it blew up. I feel like I I really got in at a good time on TikTok. You really did. You hit (laughs) it while it was like on the up and up, but it wasn't overly saturated yet. I know. It's so so weird. It's grown so much even since I first started. But at that time in August, everyone was still in quarantine and on TikTok all day long because what else could we do? So I started making TikTok videos about how I was a VA, how I had, you know, quit my corporate job, that I was a college dropout and my videos started going viral. So I started having thousands of people coming to me asking how I did it, which was very overwhelming and I wanted to help them all. So I created a masterclass with my previous mentor, Aaron, and I also created a 10-week course called Digital Creatives Academy to help aspiring entrepreneurs start their business. And now we're at the point where I have five team members. There's been a lot of growing pains. It's I've been featured in a couple different articles. I was just featured in Australian Business Journal this week, which was like crazy. Ooh, catch the attention of those Aussies, girl. 
know. I was like, dang, I'm across the across the world over there now. But yeah, it's it's been really, really fun. Like I said, lots of growing pains, but I'm super excited to be where I'm at now. What a way to capitalize on a quarantine year. It's been wild. I because yeah, when I started my business in March, it, we were just going into quarantine. So it was really a weird transition phase in life, obviously for all of us. And so I was like, Oh boy, starting a business right now, is this the most catastrophic time to start a business? But the online space was booming at that time. It was really starting to take off and it's grown massively since last March. So you're not the first person we were talking to someone yesterday, how obviously it takes a ton of hard work, but they, before they know it, they have a business and they think, oh, we should capitalize on this more and more. And it kind of just happens. And then you start working hard and then it blows up even more mm-hmm. rather than like other businesses, like before TikTok and all of that spent like years planning, trying to make it work, <laughs> trying to outreach. And now TikTok, you just blow up overnight and you're good to go. <laughs> and I know. some people spent the year getting really into Pilates and some people became virtual assistant business yeah. moguls. So you know what? It's just like, to each their own. Like everyone is killing the game. I love to hear it. Yes, I love it too. It is funny because it's, I feel like we live in a time where we're all so impatient. I am extremely impatient. Mm-hmm. So with starting my business, I was, I knew that I wanted to throw myself into it. And I was also like, I want to see results fast. Like everyone mm-hmm. does. But it's funny because now we're like, okay, well, it's been three months. Like it's been three months. Why is my business not rapidly growing? Whereas, uh-huh. Corporate businesses, like you said, it takes them years to see any profit from their business. So it's funny how the timeline of starting a business and it actually taking off has completely shifted now. Yeah, the instant gratification that we are getting from the social media generation has really led to some impatient people. I agree with that one. I wanted to touch on real quick. You mentioned that you dropped out of college. So where did you go and kind of what led you to drop out, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. So I did middle and high school online. So I started working full time whenever I was 16, because at that point I had moved out of my parents' house. I was living with my brother. I was paying for most of my own bills. So um, I was working full time and eventually I moved to South Carolina and I was working as a chiropractic assistant. And I was just in a place where I knew that I needed to go to college for something, or so I thought that I needed mm-hmm. to go to college because that was just or the so magic they tell us. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had been drilled into my mind by my exterior surroundings. Um, but I was with a guy at the time who was like, oh, we should go to nursing school. And I, you know, in my head, I, I had kind of grown up thinking, maybe I'll go to cosmetology school or maybe I'll do this. I really never was like, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. And that's a, that's a big thing. It's not like just going and getting your bachelor's and just like a common thing. Like nursing is very intense and right. that wasn't what you wanted to do. <laughs> no, I had never, that had never even crossed my mind that I would be a nurse. But I was like, okay. And I was clearly not confident or evolved enough at that time to be like, ew, go away. <laughs> Um, obviously we eventually, but so I decided to go into nursing school. Um, I went for two years. I just went to a local community college. Um, and I was, I got through all of my prereqs for doing nursing. I took all of the biology classes. And then I was at the point where I was about to apply to the actual nursing program to get my degree for that. And I was like, 
I don't like this. I don't like being in this class cutting cats apart. Excuse the like. Ew. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, but I was like, I just don't like this. I don't want to be necessarily in the medical field. Not, I mean, like kudos to everyone who is. It's an amazing field to be in, but I just, I knew that it wasn't right for me and I wanted to be able to travel and make my own schedule. That was one of the reasons I had considered going into cosmetology was because of the freedom that it would provide in, in a sense. And so I dropped out because I I knew that it wasn't right. So I dropped out with really no plan of what I would do after that. Um, So I continued working at the chiropractic office. I eventually started selling vintage clothes on Instagram. So that was kind of my side hustle while I was a chiropractic assistant for a while. Really quick. Was that like so scary (laughs) when you were deciding to drop out of school? Because that's like a big decision. And I think society, much like you said, kind of influences you like you need to go to college, you need to go to college. But also it's like kind of taboo if you choose not to like finish your degree or like switch life paths completely like was that a really scary decision did you have any people you leaned on you know it was it's kind of weird because I had so much going on in my in my life at that time that I don't even think that I was able to register what a big decision that was and in my mind it wasn't necessarily this is a hard stop it was more so well maybe I'll take all of these credits that I've accumulated and use them towards a different degree before they expire but I had no plan for that I was just like yeah maybe I'll do that hoping that something else would fall into my lap or that I could figure something else out so that's why I started the the vintage store on Instagram is because I was like well maybe this can sustain me and there were some months where I was making the same as my corporate income selling vintage clothes on Instagram. So oh I was kind of CEO oh, wow. of Nasty Gal over here flipping on eBay. <laughs> oh wow, I was like appalled because I didn't even know that that was a thing that people did. And so that was going really well, but I was doing that and working full time. And I was just kind of running on the hamster wheel. And that's when a friend of mine introduced me to the whole VA world. And I was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. I didn't even know that a business world online existed in that way. And for those who don't know, VA means virtual assistant, just in case you're like, what the heck is VA? I know. It's just not Virginia or anything. Not not the abbreviation of Virginia, not to be confused with. (laughs) I just love Virginia so much. <laughs> um, okay, so you end up tipping over to VA. And what does that look like when you're just starting out? How do you accrue your first clients? Yeah, so uh, it's it's a lot of small steps. The first step for me was just starting a new Instagram for it. So starting a business Instagram. Um and the really, the most important thing, not that you have to niche down, you can still get clients without niching down, but I just kind of went into it thinking, I'm just going to work with photographers. I'm going to work with wedding photographers and see how it goes. I, you know, used to like photography growing up, but I'm not like obsessed with the wedding industry, but I was like, this could be really cool and something different from what I have been doing, which is a chiropractic assistant. I didn't really want to work with people in the medical field. So I went with wedding photographers and it's funny because at that time there weren't really that many people working with wedding photographers. Obviously there are a lot more now, but at that time it wasn't as common. So I feel like I was kind of able to get into it and carve out my corner of that world. And when I say that, I don't mean to discourage anyone from being able to do that because there I have students now that go into the the wedding industry and become booked out super quickly. So it's, there's always a need for it. 
But I think that honing in on the niche of people that I wanted to work with right out of the gate really, really helped because I knew in my head that I could pivot if it wasn't working out, if I didn't love it. Um, But, you know, the most important thing is to start. I know it sounds so cliche, but I found out about the VA world in late 2019. And I spent probably six months just researching and stalking people's Instagram Mm -hmm. and trying to build a website before I even had made an Instagram. And I was just doing a lot of busy work, feeling like I was preparing to start when in reality, I was putting off the inevitable of actually starting because I was scared to do it. And everything is less scary once you actually throw yourself into that situation. It's just the anticipation of the unknown that really freaks you out. That is so true. That holds so many people back from doing so many things. It's like literally like skydiving, jumping out of a plane. The most scary part Mm -hmm. is when you're in the plane before you jump out. It's not the actual jumping because once you're out, you're out. Like there's nothing you can do except figure it out from there. So yeah, exactly. It's like having a hard conversation with someone, you know, obviously, in personal life, we have hard conversations all the time, but even in business, like you, you both know, you know, as business owners, you have to have hard conversations sometimes. And the the worst part of it is you catastrophizing in your head, what's going to happen. Then you have the conversation and you're like, oh, this is fine. Like that wasn't as Mm -hmm. bad as it would be. And, And it's really the same thing with starting a business. It's obviously a big deal and you should treat it seriously because it's your business. At the same time, it's more accessible to start a business right now than it ever has been. And you have a huge community of people that are waiting to support you if you just put yourself out there. That is so good to know. Not that like Ashley and I are ready to really start any side businesses right now, but that's (laughs) honestly really reassuring to know for all of those entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, it's, it's very scary because you're stepping into a world of people. It's almost like like going to a new high school or something like your first day at school. You're like, Oh, it's all these new people. They're going to think I'm this like loser (laughs) and I'm the outcast. And then, you know, I remember making my first post on Instagram just introducing myself, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh God, these people are going to think like, who is this person trying to like enter this entrepreneur space? And everyone was so nice and welcoming and receiving. And that helped me so much. Just once I made that first post, everything, it was like a domino effect. Everything started falling into place because I was exposing myself to the community. I was learning more about it. I was starting to develop relationships and then everything else started to make more sense. Whereas before, when I was anticipating what was going to happen, and it was all such an abstract idea that it felt mm-hmm. out of reach. And I think that that's where a lot of people are at right now is that feeling of this is something I can imagine myself doing in my head, but it feels like I, you know, could only be doing that in like a parallel universe. It's not something that's available to me, you know, in my life right now, but it is, it's just you being able to really hunker down and say, okay, I'm really scared by this. And I know that I'm going to have my comfort zone pulled out from under my feet, but I'm going to throw myself into it because the possibilities, the, the amazing outcomes far outweigh any, any negative feelings that I could have in the beginning. Yes, that is so true. And so good to remember. Um, I kind of, I'm curious if you had any key steps for someone wanting to get into virtual assistant work besides just like launching fast, not thinking about worrying about what other people are thinking and like starting with Instagram. Do you have like tangible steps once you were starting to get into picking your niche of wedding photography 
what what comes next for that for those people who are thinking about doing this full time? So <clears throat> I like to say that the magic trio of actually finding clients is content, stories, and engagement. Kind of enter the space and they're like, all right, well, I'm here now. What do I do? Right. So mm-hmm. your attention needs to be going because obviously there's the legalities and finances and things like that that you start to figure out as you become a business owner. And, and a lot of those things fall into place as well. Um, I didn't even register my business until over a month after I had started my Instagram. But where your focus really should be going in the beginning is to your content. So creating content that is going to either educate, inspire, or entertain your audience. And you should be targeting that content towards your niche. So you want to solve their problems, right? You always want to position yourself as an authority, even if you don't necessarily feel like it, it's really important to hone in on what platforms, what programs are my, are the people in my niche going to be using? And that takes some research and observing on your end, but you can do that as you go. You know, you become more familiar with the field as you go, but It's important to look at that and then think about the problems that they would be having in their business. So what does every single business owner want more of? Time and money. So how can I give this business owner? (laughs) We want more time. We want more money. That's those can solve a lot of our problems. Obviously, money doesn't bring happiness, but we all want money, more problems, (laughs) some might say. But with time, you know, time is related to most issues that they have in their business. If they're wanting to scale, they're not doing it because they don't have the time. Mm -hmm. If they want more time with their family, they can't do that if they're doing everything in their business. So by you saying, I'm going to solve this problem for you, you don't have time to spend with your family in the evenings because after your workday is finished, you still have 10 DMs, 15 emails, all of these, these busy work tasks to do in your business where as a photographer, you should be focused on what? Booking events, showing up, providing an amazing client experience. That should be your main focus, not uh, social media, Pinterest, DMs, emails, mm-hmm. the back end automations, Dubsado, all of that. That should not be where your focus is going. So by you offering and giving a solution to that problem, People will pay you so much money to solve those problems for them because they can then go on to scale their business and book more events, have more time to spend with their family, to do the things that they actually want to do. So that should be the primary focus with your content is solving their problems and positioning yourself as an authority, even if you may not 100% feel like it when you're first starting. So next component, stories. Stories are, I think, one of the biggest contributing factors to why I booked out so quickly is because I was showing up on stories. So I was... Are you talking mm -hmm. about specifically Instagram stories? Yeah. So just showing up and talking on your stories, which was so terrifying for me. I thought it was the most embarrassing thing in the world. Yeah, why is it? I agree. I'm still intimidated by it. Abby, I feel like you're not. I'm trying my best, but even sometimes I'm like, this makes me feel weird. Like I feel strange. It is. I I feel like I'm trying to be someone I'm not. Fraud, (laughs) fraudulent. (laughs) I would watch like Casey Neistat and all the YouTube vloggers. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then when I actually had to show up on my stories, I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. It's performative Um, for me to be doing it for myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just scary. And it's, I remember, you know, now I look back at, stories, old stories that I posted, IGTVs, me talking to the camera, and I Mm -hmm. don't know that person. 
because my confidence <laughs> has shifted so much. I feel like I'm a completely different person. And you can feel that I was not that confident with showing up on camera. Most, probably other people can't really notice that, but for me, I can notice it in myself. Mm-hmm. I pushed myself to do it because I knew that it was important. You have to establish that face-to-face, quote-unquote, connection with your audience and your potential clients because that's what helps them feel connected to you. And the reason that they will hire you as their VA over someone else is because they feel connected to you as a person, not because you're a VA. There are a million VAs out there, but if they really feel like you're personable and you have that connection point, that's what will attract them to you. So showing up on your story. On these stories, are you just like introducing yourself? Are you talking about things that you're currently working on projects? Like, what are you, what are you saying? Yeah. So I would talk about different projects I was working on. I would talk about programs that I was learning. Um, a, a good tip for that is, for example, like if you make a post on Monday about mm-hmm. you know, Pinterest and why it's so important for wedding photographers to be using in their business, hop on your stories on Tuesday and expand on that topic. That way you always have your content for your stories that's based off of your posts because with sales, people need to be exposed to whatever you're offering between eight and 20 times before they're actually ready to invest in it and they they can process what you're offering to them. So it's super important to be repetitive. You are going to feel crazy. You're going to feel like you are annoying these people to death, but you are not. (laughs) You have to keep talking about whatever you're offering. So I love posting, making a post about a specific topic, and then just recycling that content on your stories and expanding on it, giving some quick tips, talking about what people should look for in a potential VA, um, time management tips, Canva hacks, any tips and tricks that you can find or content that you could kind of transform into an educational topic for your audience. Talk about it on your stories. It's going to feel weird. You have to just start practicing it. Um, and then obviously kind of like the day-to-day things, it's also really important to incorporate the personal side of your life and, you know, showing people who you actually are at your core. So I would incorporate that, show my day-to-day, show my friends, family, things that I was doing. Um, and then third, engagement. So nobody's going to hire you if they don't know that you exist. So you have got to go out there and start looking for your potential clients. So utilize looking through hashtags, the search bar on Instagram, just start finding people that you would love to work with and engage with them. You know, I probably spent like an hour every day, just starting making connections with new people. Over time, you're, you're putting in a lot of work in the beginning, right? Because you know that it's going, you're going to reap the rewards from it as time goes. Um, it takes time to establish, you know, connections and relationships. But over time, these people are going to start observing your content, right? So your DMs are for making the connection. Your content is for converting them to be a paid client. So you're making the connection in the DMs and saying, hey, I exist. I'm here. I'm, you know, we're, we're chatting. We're building a relationship in the DMs they most likely will follow you. And then they're going to start seeing that content that is pinpointing their problems that they're having in their business and giving them a solution for it. We can't resist solutions to our problems. So even if it takes some time, that's what will convert them to actually working with you. Abby, you taking notes for the podcast Instagram? 
I know I am. I'm like, okay, DMs, increasing engagement, building relationships. Got it. Got it. No, I like the idea of getting on your story to talk about whatever the heck you just posted because sometimes, yes, it does feel meaningless. Let me get on my story and talk about how I'm going to like go get this coffee. Like, what are you actually going to talk about? Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you told them. (laughs) Isn't that what they teach you in school? Every five minutes, they're like, this is how you write your essay. This is how you write your speech. Yeah. If you think about it, how many people's content are we consuming every day? So too many. Too much. Especially when you bring in TikTok, dear God, the number of strangers content. Yes, exactly. So we don't even realize the obscene amount of content from individuals that we're consuming. You, You can see someone say the same thing over and over again 10 times on their story. The 11th time is when it's going to click for you. Mm -hmm. Like People have to be exposed to that because along with that, we're also so consumed by our own world, which is fair enough. Um, But I mean, we, we have so much going on in our own lives that it's really hard to register everything that we're seeing on the internet. So you, you're going to feel like you're just beating, beating a dead horse. If you feel like that, you're doing something right. This reminds me of the time when I was in what some might call a multi-level marketing triangle thing. Trapped in one. I I was entrapped. I was entangled, but I was happily entangled because I was selling shampoo or whatever. And I used to post so frequently for that same reason that you're talking about, Jess, of just like getting the frequency, like your business is not open if you're not posting every single day and people remind you of it. And I'm sure I annoyed the hell out of people, but you know what? I made a lot of money and I paid for a trip to Cabo. So haters (laughs) keep hating, (laughs) but totally exactly what you're talking about. Totally. I get it. Yeah. People don't get annoyed. We are so, because we're so all consumed, we project (laughs) what we think people will feel onto them and say, well, this person's going to get so annoyed if they see me on my story. If I see someone on their story talking about something I don't care about, I'm going to skip it. I'm not going to be like, what the heck? I'm following this person. (laughs) (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) But I mean, we see people talking. You don't even realize it, but you see people talking about the exact same thing on their stories all the time. It's just not relevant to you yet. So you haven't processed Mm -hmm. what they're offering you. But we don't even recognize it when we see those repeated topics. But it's making it subtly chipping away at our mind and, and eventually gets in there. And, is, and then you're like, oh, this is something that I need. It just mm-hmm. takes time. I was going to say something. Were you going to go, Abby? I was going to say something too. I saw too, your face. I'll you go make first. Go as well. <laughs> Mine is quick. Um, what people are crying that Instagram is dying out, TikTok is on the rise and could eventually soon die out. Um, I don't know if I believe either statements, but do you think that TikTok is a better use of time compared to Instagram if you are trying to grow a brand and convert people to viewers to followers? Or do you think TikTok is the better bet? I don't think that TikTok is better for better than Instagram. I will say I think they're each better for different things. So I okay. think TikTok is better for marketing. Instagram is better for retention. So Got it. Take notes, Abby. Yeah, you're going to be able to reach the masses on TikTok, right? And that's amazing marketing. TikTok is a very fast consumption platform. That's what it's intended for. It's intended to keep your attention by stimulating you constantly. Because of that, you don't really have as much of an opportunity continuously market to a person. Sure, they may continue seeing mm-hmm. your it's great that they follow you, but how many people have you followed on TikTok for a reason and then you forget why you follow yeah. them? And so, it's honestly rare that I switch over to the following tab. Most mm-hmm. of the time, depending on the For You page, obviously. 
Right. So that's why on TikTok, it's super important to be bottlenecking people in some way to your Instagram. So you'll, you'll see people doing this, for example, fashion TikToks. You'll see this where they'll say outfit details are on my Instagram story. So if you want to get that, those pants that she's wearing, you have to go follow her on Instagram so you can see where she's getting these. So for me, my bottleneck is I have 10 plus hours of free lives full of information on my Instagram. I'm hooking you in with my TikTok video, but then I'm saying, go to this platform if you really want to learn. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that these people who are following me on Instagram are truly interested. That's where I'm going to focus my long-term marketing. TikTok is for bringing in the views, bringing Got it. In Instagram is for ultimately selling them. I feel like I'm in college again in my PR class and I like it. <laughs> I guess you no, teach master classes, so it makes too sense. Bad they, too bad they didn't have TikTok when we were in school and like we could get a really deep in-depth master class on that because that could be real interesting. Okay. You launch your business. How does someone who has never done this before, but like has experience working on different things, maybe freelancing, how do you value yourself? How do you place a price when you're first beginning? And how do you know when to up your hourly pay or contract or whatever you're working with? And what is even a range? Like what would be like a low ball? Like if I were to start tomorrow? Yeah. So I don't, all of my students that I teach personally start minimum $25 an hour. And that's, that's like, sometimes with that, I'm even like, I prefer to start them at $30 an hour. That's what I started at. I'm shooting tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So I started at $30 an hour. In four months, I had raised my rates to $60 an hour. Over time, obviously, I I wasn't like, okay, I'm at 30. The next day I'm at 60. It took time because with your skills, with your experience, and with your demand, that's where your rates should be should be. Mm-hmm. So as I started to work with clients, I, for the most part, raised my rate by a couple of dollars with each client because I was learning new things. I was quickly mm-hmm. taking in all this information, learning what platforms they were using. I was expanding my own skill set, Therefore, my compensation changes as well. And eventually it got to the point where I was so booked out that if someone wanted to work with me, you know, they had to pay $60 an hour because I just pay mm-hmm. up, man. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't keep working at a lower rate because the demand was increasing. So, you know, I think that $25, $30 an hour is a fair rate for a beginning VA if you are willing to put the work in. I was charging $30 and $60 an hour, but I was also showing up for my clients constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going the extra mile for them. I was making sure they were taken care of. Their client experience is the most important thing. And when you place a really high value on your client experience, you can charge high rates. You cannot go into this career as a VA or any service provider, whether you're a Pinterest manager, copywriter, whatever. You can't go into a career like that and say, all right, I'm charging $40 an hour and then never show up for your clients and ignore Mm. their texts or just try to get, make the easy way around things constantly because it will not work. So something that I try to teach as much as possible is that your work ethic needs to be there. It's so important that you don't start at a rate that's too high because it can be really, really hard to, to, to get that. that. Yeah. To match that with the experience that you're offering if you're just starting. So, you know, 
sometimes because the online business world is changing and growing so quickly, what I'll see is that someone will enter into it and immediately want to start charging $50 an hour, or they'll start at 30 and then think that on their second client, they can jump to $50 an hour. That's not how it works. You want to grow a sustainable business, right? Not something that skyrockets and then quickly spirals down. If you want to build a sustainable business, you need to do it really smart. And you probably, you may be, you know, stuck at the same rate for a little bit, but that's okay because you're gaining that experience and you will get to those higher rates. It can happen very quickly, but you still have to have that patience and realize, okay, this can happen quickly if I am working my ass off and showing up for my clients. But if I'm trying to get, take the easy way out constantly, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get to those higher rates. So put totally. the nothing worth nothing that is, what's the saying? Nothing that's worth anything comes easy or like nothing yeah. that's good comes easy. Like hard work breeds, you know? Yeah, it really does. And what I've seen <laughs> just tapered off here. She's like, over there, like with a thumb above her head. I'm like, you guys know what I'm trying to say. It's been a long day at work. Like, I'm so can't sorry. Be but, like, to you, sentence. I, can't, I can't finish the rest of the words, but like, don't worry. Cause if I'm a VA, I'm showing up for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that it? Yes. 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 That is Thank it. you. Thank you. <laughs> We took like every variation of that possible. Yeah. Yeah. Took the long route, but we got there. Same destination. Um, what is a mistake that you've made maybe when you were starting out that you want people to know about so that they don't make the same mistake that you did? That's a good question. Yeah. Think about that for a hot sec. Let <laughs> that one marinate. <laughs> um, I think that the biggest mistake that I made in the beginning is misplacing my attention. So I think it's really, really important in your business in general to make sure that you are really paying attention to where you are placing your energy and your attention. Um, Because a lot of times as a business owner, you are wearing all the hats in your business. And that's why outsourcing is so great. But we know whenever you're first starting, you usually don't have the budget for outsourcing. So you are doing everything in your business. And some days it's really hard to do that. And sometimes like to- yeah. yeah, we're like wearing 700 hats when you asked if we have a producer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Building your podcast, editing it, marketing yeah. it. Yeah. Like- working. It's a lot to do. So some days you have to decide where your attention should go. And my mistake in the beginning, you know, I kind of briefly mentioned that I was focusing on making this website. I spent probably three months trying to build a website from scratch for my business when I hadn't even made my first post on Instagram. And what that ultimately always comes back to is that you are usually trying to make yourself feel busy so that you feel like you're putting the work in when in reality, your Mm. your mind is doing its best possible job to keep you in your comfort zone. And so I think that, you know, it took me a long time to realize that. And had I realized that earlier, I would have started my Instagram earlier and gotten clients quicker. But, you know, it took time and that's fine. It's all a part of my story. But for anyone who's, you know, wanting to start now, don't focus on the huge bird eye view of your business. You don't need to immediately have a website. You don't have to immediately have an accountant. Those things are important to put energy into as time goes, but what's most important is what's going to move the needle forward in your business right now, which is usually just getting started in some way. So I, you know, I, 
don't regret. And I do regret putting the time into that because obviously it was a learning lesson and it's, you know, it's all falls into place how it should, I think. But Mm -hmm. had I known that I would have, I would have saved a lot of time for myself, you know? Totally. And Ashley and I always are preaching, don't try to make a plan from A to Z, just make a plan from A Mm -hmm. to B. And then once mm-hmm. you're at B, you can make a plan from B to C and go from there because that just like is really the only way like one foot in front of the other is like so true. So real. Yeah, I love that. And your and- website and your business model isn't going to ever look perfect until you're established. So you might as well just get it out there and fix it later. Oh, my gosh. It's I, you know, I see <laughs> I have a lot of students that I teach that are get really, really hung up on their branding and all of the small uh-huh. things like that. And I think those things are very important. I think having a, a good website, good branding, all of that is important, but not when you're first starting. Like it's you obviously don't want to show up with like completely conflicting color palettes and, and yeah. your audience to death. But if you go back and look at my first graphics that I posted, it is just, I'm like, Oh dear God, looking at that. But I was allowing myself to be a beginner. You have to allow yourself to be a beginner because you will never get to the the point that you have in your head. You have this, this vision in your head of what you want your business to look like. You cannot get there unless you go through the growing pains of not perfect graphics, not knowing your color palette, your color palette shifting five times before you land on one that you like, you know, changing up things in your business. It all, as you start to evolve as a person by working with clients and learning about marketing, that's when everything starts to fall into place. You cannot craft the perfect brand on day one without having your feet in the water. So you have and to also allow it's low key fun to be a beginner because there's no pressure. It's like everyone knows you're a beginner. Yeah. You're figuring it out. They respect you. Respect the hustle. Nobody's expecting you to like know everything right off the bat. Yeah, it's no. Nobody's expecting that. You are putting more pressure on yourself than anyone else will be. No one else is going to be looking at you, judging you. If they are looking at you and judging you, you probably don't want them to be a part of your business journey anyway. Or your life, like honestly, no time. Yeah, <laughs> scram. scram. Yeah, it, that's, that's one of the biggest fears that people have that I notice whenever they're starting. It's it's the mindset issues, and a lot of that comes from the fear of judgment from other people. And usually, what we're we're not afraid necessarily of people watching. We're just afraid of them seeing us fail and mm-hmm. almost failing. Maybe something not working out exactly how you thought, and then you pivot it and you keep going. You know, right, the only no- failure is in not trying as they say. Yes, exactly. And there's no, with an online business or, you know, any business, obviously there are certain situations that happen like COVID that massively affect a business. But whenever you're starting an online business, you will not fail. You will simply have learning experiences and then work through them and come out the other side better and more knowledgeable. So you will not fail. The only way you would fail is if you quit if you gave up on it. And even that, I mean, I don't know if you could even consider that failing, but that could be the right, worst. Cause you technically quit college. <laughs> yeah, true. Hey, yo, look at me now. Started from the bottom <laughs> over here. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you don't, you don't have to have everything figured out. You can, you have to just keep pushing through it. It's, I heard an analogy one time that has stuck with me ever since that 
And it's that entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster. You're going to have extremely high ups. You're going to have the downs. But the most important part is that you just stay on the ride and you will make it to the end. You'll make Ashley it Ashley and I are no strangers to extreme ups and downs. We yeah. live our lives every day like that. So I'm sure we could just throw ourselves <laughs> into something like this and thrive. It's going to start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have any quick tips for kind of a work-life balance? Because obviously, um, anyone who has their own business drowns themselves in it, especially in the beginning and works around the clock at first. Mm -hmm. And how do you call things quits for the day or for the weekend or just like kind of balancing your life? Mm -hmm. I, you know, for a long time, I tried to force myself into feeling like I had to have time management completely figured out or else I was a failure as a business owner And I would look at all of these people on social media saying, these are my time management hacks. And this is how I have my work-life balance. This is how I, you know, plan out my day perfectly. And it just never clicked for me. I was like, okay, well, these, like, sure, I put all these things in my calendar, but I'm still working at 11 p.m. And Mm -hmm. what I came to realize was that you... Where the disconnect happens and where you can know that something is wrong is if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. For some people, mm-hmm. they don't want to work as much because they want to have that time to put into other hobbies or they have children or they are traveling the world, you know, and in that situation, it's going to be very important to separate your your work and your personal life. But for some people, they love working like their business is their hobby. Their business is their child. And that's where I'm at right now. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have children. I don't have pets. I, you know, I, I can put so much of my time into this and I love it. Like, it's so fun to me. So I don't I try not to be too hard on myself anymore when I am working a lot because I really enjoy what I'm doing. With that being said, I think there are some some key things. So. For one, I used to try to force myself into the nine to five model because that's what mm-hmm. I was do. And then I realized I started my online business so that I didn't have to follow that model. <laughs> You're like, so, wait, something is askew. <laughs> something yeah. is here. So what I learned about myself is that I work, I'm more productive in the afternoons and the evenings. I just am not a morning person. So I take the mornings to myself, start my workday around 11 usually, and then I will work for a couple of hours and really try to hone in on it, which is very hard for me because I can't focus to save my life, but I do my best and then I take a break. Good and then I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's just... That's the uh, the business brain going. I think we all suffer from it, but um, it's okay to take breaks. I love taking breaks in the middle of the day and then revisiting things because I'm really, really productive in the evenings. And mm-hmm. it's kind of unfortunate for me because I would love to use my evenings to wind down and, you know, not be working, but that's when I'm most productive and I'm like getting shit done. So that's when I put a lot of my energy into my work. So Lauren Everett's Bostick always says she thrives the most between midnight and 3 a.m., right, Ashley? <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel too, especially in college. I used to get my best work or like writing stuff done at like one in the morning when the house was quiet. So like, I understand. Yeah. That's just how some of us work. Like it's true. It's, it's scientifically true that Mm -hmm. some of us work better at night. So try not to force yourself to stick 
into or to mold to a certain schedule for you in your own business. Work when you want to. Try to be intuitive with that. Um, an app that I really love that helps me say stay completely organized is the Things Three app. Um, it's an app store. It's like ten bucks, a one-time ten buck fee. Um, but I use it every single day. So I anything that I need to do, I put it in there. You can create different projects and the to-do list for that. But I something that I used to really strain my brain before was that I was trying to keep track of all of these things in all of these different places, right? So I had stuff in my notes app. I had stuff in my physical uh, planner. I had stuff in Trello. I had stuff in these to-do apps. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so <laughs> now I only use that one app for my to-do list. And that way I know that if I need to do something, I will put it in there and then I can let it go from my brain. I don't have to have... Mm-hmm. 20 things swirling around at one time. Nice, because that that's when things get confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm crazy. So that's what will stress you out a lot is just not being able to get everything out of your head. So by doing that, I'm able to prioritize what I need to get done in the day and knock those things out. And then I know, okay, anything else that I do is just extra work from this point forward. So if my friend wants to go to dinner, that's fine. I'll go to dinner because I've done what I have to do mm-hmm. for the rest of the stuff is just usually you get to a point and you will realize it. You get to a point where you are just doing the busy work and you're doing a bunch of things on your computer and you feel like you're working on your business, but your brain is fried and you're making no tangible progress. <laughs> you're like, I am just wasting time. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So you have to recognize when you are actually doing work or when you feel like you're doing work, but you're not really. And, and, Start saying yes to yourself in terms of ending the workday, going and doing that fun thing, because you will never, I think it's so important to put the work in, in your business. With that being said, you will never regret saying yes to dinner with a friend, spending the night with your parents, like whatever the situation is. Oh, you don't have to tell me and Abby that twice. We are (laughs) the biggest proponents of that statement in the whole world. Totally. We say yes to ourselves all the time. Yeah, it's actually, we say yes too often to ourselves. We're yes gals. What can we say? It's called, it's called self-control, but yeah, it's a topic we for another episode. Well, yeah. we don't have it. I love it. You will never regret that though. Like you are going to look back at your life and obviously mm-hmm. you're out of your business, of course, but the things that you are going to value is what you've created and the impact that you've made, the time you've spent with your friends and family and, and all of that the experiences are what you will really value. You will never regret saying yes to that. So think about in your head, will I regret not doing this thing with my friend or family or kids or whatever, or will I regret not working on this thing for 30 minutes longer? You will not regret working on the thing for 30 minutes longer. You don't need to do it. It can wait till the next day. And it's hard when you work at home or have your own business because we had another influencer on JC Marie Smith and she was saying like you technically never need to stop. Like there's always more you can do. I can post this. I can do this. I can cover what I'm doing right now and these products. You don't – there's not like a real way to turn it off unless you tell yourself I'm going to turn it off. There can always be more to be done. Oh my god. That is so hilarious that you guys have her on because I've been watching her on YouTube (laughs) so for so Yeah, we're big fans. (laughs) We all are colliding big time. Don't meet your heroes, kids. Unless it's JC Marie Smith, then go ahead and meet her. <laughs> she seems so sweet. I love her. Yeah. Um, um, listen to the episode. But speaking of resources, are there any podcast or book recs that you think are super valuable or just fun for anyone listening? Fun and flirty. 
Yeah. So I really like the Science of Social Media podcast for marketing, social media. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Things like that. Yeah, it's a pretty good one to just kind of like listen to in the background. You'll pick up some golden nuggets. Um, and then I like <laughs> just like you will from this pod. Hey. <laughs> I hope so. Um, and then I really like That's My Personal Business by Eden Strader. I like Dream Smarter by Alex Kraling. Um, and then as far as books, I, I mean, I think everyone in there and grandma has heard of this, but Atomic Habits is a really good one. The Subtle okay. Art of Giving a Fuck. Um, you're about it's also super popular, but it's it's good. You you need to read it. Um, Think Like a Monk is really good. Um Wow, you're chocked full of them. I know. Sometimes we ask we ask this question of everyone and some people are like, um, let me like think back to high school. Some people are like, book bro, I, read. I haven't read a book since I was thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh the just go with it podcast. Yeah, no, you'll be surprised how many times we get that back. Yeah. <laughs> and you won't be surprised how many times it flatters us, which is every time. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I also really like um Financial Feminist, which is a new podcast. Um oh. I've is- seen her on TikTok. Yes, I know who you're talking about. She comes and guest speaks in my um, program, but she is amazing. And I love it's it's really important to be it's very it makes you very confident if you know what you're doing in your business and just in your life in general with your finances and legalities and things like that. It's not as intimidating as you've grown up thinking it is. I promise. I was so scared of that part of my business. And you figure it out. Everything's figure outable. It's it's really That's another good book. <laughs> Everything's oh figure outable, yeah. I was wondering why that sounded familiar. Yeah. Oh gosh, I need to read that now. Yeah, add it to, add the, it list. to the list. <laughs> add it to the laundry list. We just keep exchanging book recommendations <laughs> back and forth. Golden. Um but yeah, it's it's super important to be educated about your finances. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge part of having a business or just living life in general. Right. So, Hell yeah, girl. Well, you are an inspiration. It's been such a joy picking your brain and hearing about all of the ins and outs of what it's like to be a virtual assistant, how to get started, how to be successful. And I'm just like ready to go become one. How about you? You actually? want to start tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> I can do it together. Ready. Yeah, Franchise ready. the podcast yeah. into something else. <laughs> I will be here when you're ready to uh, spread your wings as a VA. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, where can the people find you? Yeah, so. Most importantly. <laughs> it's jessicahawks.com. My handle on pretty much every social media platform is it's Jessica Hawks. Um, I would love to uh, love to see everyone. <laughs> yes, Over- everyone go flock to the Instagrams to, you know, retain the information, but also go to the TikToks for the fun. <laughs> Short term enjoyment. Short term, yeah. Short term memory loss enjoyment. Yep. <laughs> yeah, falling into a, a hole for three hours of consuming videos. We all do it and we all love to do it willingly. Oh, yeah. I know. It's so true. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This yes, really thank, you. thank you. Thank you.